boy, apologetically. The young man shook his head again. Don't hurry me, Ben, he said firmly. On your way. Twice across the square was the agreement. And besides, can't you see I'm getting my shoes shined? Have you no love of beauty? Does it mean nothing to you that I dazzle the vulgar herd with my splendor? Be off with you, boy. The boy grinned and went on. Juna, finishing his job and putting his brushes back in the box, glanced after him and saw that when the boy reached the other end of the square, he turned and came slowly back toward them. Juna was bursting with curiosity. As he stood up and brushed off his knees, he couldn't resist saying eagerly to the plump young man, Excuse me, but what did he mean when he told you it was time? Time for what? The young man fished in his pocket and handed Juna a dime for the shoeshine. He sighed. There, he said, is your wage. You have earned it. You did not hurry. You will be a success in life. As for your question, the answer is a long and a sad story. Painful as it is, the truth is that I am employed in yonder newspaper office. Heaven help me. I am a reporter. Honest? exclaimed Juna, looking up at him in awe. A real reporter? Alas, yes, sighed the young man. Perhaps you are too young to be told such shocking things. Perhaps your tender ears should be spared these horrid truths. But the fact is that the editor, a gentleman by the name of Canavan, who by any other name would smell as sweet, is full of weird ideas. Weird, I tell you. He thinks, for example, that I ought to get to the office on time. A ridiculous idea, isn't it? I leave it to you, isn't it? But such is the fact. Yesterday this monster, this canavan, announced that if I were late again, by as little as one minute, he would throw me out of my ear. Me, the pride of the office. Me, soccer furlong. What was I to do? What did you do? exclaimed Juna. Child, you may well ask, said young Mr. Furlong. I had no watch, alarm clock, I had none. In my honest desperation, I thought of this faithful child, this young Ben Franklin, the most reliable copy boy that ever lost a piece of copy between desk and desk. Good. I held words with him. We came to terms. It was agreed that if the day was fine, which it is, thank heaven, I should take my ease here on this bench until young Ben would come and summon me to yon torture chamber. The loaves of bread, I might add, are my own idea. An excellent touch, is it not? You have read, of course, of how the famous Mr. Franklin, two hundred years ago, or was it three hundred? used to wander about with loaves of bread under his arms while he was looking for a job as a reporter. Ah, me! I hope it doesn't mean to hint that I shall soon be looking for another job. Well, my boy, have I answered your question? Just as he finished speaking, Ben, the boy with the bread loaves, got back to them. He looked very serious. Honest, Mr. Furlong, it's time, he said. You'd better get going. The plump young reporter sighed once again and got to his feet reluctantly. Are you sure? he asked. 
Ben shifted both loaves of bread under one arm and dug into his pocket with his free hand. I wouldn't fool you, Mr. Furlong, he said. You know that. If you don't believe me, you can look at my watch. His hand came out of his pocket, and he held it out, open, toward the reporter. Juna gasped. In Ben's palm was a tiny green turtle, no bigger than a silver half-dollar. It stuck its head out from its shell and looked up inquiringly. You see, demanded Ben, it's just one o'clock. Soccer Furlong looked down at it with great interest. You're right, he said, quite right. I wouldn't have believed it was so late. Fishing in his own pocket, he brought out another dime and handed it to Ben. There, he said, is your emolument, your honorarium. Coin of the realm, my boy, coin of the realm. Spend it not unwisely. Furlong thanks you.